Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Our interview last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. Everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks for tuning in again today. Uh, today, I have uh, Wade Thomas, and he's an executive coach, and he talks about uh, executive um, dealing with executives at the heart level, which is something, uh, as most of you know, that I talk about all the time. So I'm going to say that most of us out there are trying to figure out the most effective ways to lead, I would say, prior to uh, two years ago, but even more so uh, in the kind of the pressures of the uh, present economic times. What if you have leaders that are, they don't know the, the difference between, or maybe they have experienced it, but they kind of think, you know, when I was an executive for years, Wade, they, you know, I got the message either implicit or explicit that you leave Roxanne the mother and wife at the front corporate door then you get on that corporate elevator <laughs> you perform as an executive when you get back you then you're executive Roxanne for 12 hours or 10 hours and then when you jump back on that elevator then you become Roxanne the mother you know the sister the wife all that stuff right so we have a lot of that thinking still there in the separateness, which I know in the last little while, we, we haven't had that. But do you still have leaders that don't know how to gauge that? Like, how is it that I know I'm connecting, but I'm not being too intrusive? So I'm just curious how you might deal with a scenario like that. I want to connect with you, Wade. You're my employee, but I feel like uh, I'm, I'm getting into your business. And, but I want to be empathetic, but I want to be empathetic in a professional way without getting too personal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big one. Right. And again, it's something that we've always been taught and has never been real. There has never been a Roxanne as the mother and a Roxanne as the executive, you know, you know, I, I never personally made that distinction either. It wasn't like I could turn off what happened, you know, in my personal life and go to work and then turn that off. And now, nowadays, you know, with the advent of the technology, you, you can't do it. You know, in fact, companies don't want their employees to do it. Right. I mean, how many emails do you get after five o'clock when you've gone home? You know, how many text messages or IMs or whatever the uh, communication method du jour is? And so that's, that's real. There is no separate person. There's, a, there's only a whole person. But we've always been taught as leaders that we don't get into people's personal lives. And, you know, my question is, why not? Mm -hmm. There's not a good answer for that. So, so how do you handle the, you know, the actual kind of one-on-one -on -one conversation and the, the nitty-gritty of it is, you know, you got to get over that fear. Mm -hmm. You know, research shows that most people want, you know, their leaders have, to have some knowledge or be involved at some level in their personal lives. That level varies. But, you know, most people want that. So you can't be afraid of that. And then you ask the questions, you know, and you can start very broad, you know, how's your day going at eight in the morning or whatever, 
you know, so it can bring in a, how, you know, how are things going at home? And, you know, if you go too far, you're going to find out because if you're really, you know, a good leader and you're empathizing, you're listening and you'll feel those pushbacks. And, you know, it's not the leader's role to be the psychotherapist, but it is the leader's role to be supportive of the whole person, not just the work person. The leaders that really are effective and really have the high engagement from their people, they're involved with the whole person. For sure. And, um, and I think, you know, I would say that most leaders have the ability to communicate to have gotten to the level, especially where you're talking at the senior leadership level. But now we're trying to have them uh, connect on a deeper level to know enough about what the key drivers to, to uh, impact performance. That's just not um, based on numbers, but it's also based on what are the things that drive numbers, which are people and what motiv motivates people to come to work, be completely present you know, be productive, not feel like they have to be separate. And then I think most of us want to do, I mean, you or I, I know with my job, you know, uh, when I was executive, I spent more time there oftentimes than, than being at home. And of course, but I was juggling all the pressures of being a new mom and traveling and, you know, customers and everything that was going on. So it's, you're constantly juggling a lot of things. And, you know, I had a, I, I would say that I had one of the most authentic, um, uh, leaders that lead it, led me. And the one thing that he ver knew very well is he knew me very, very well. Um, and that he knew, you know, obviously the stage that I was at and some of my pressures, even though I was under a lot of pressures with my portfolio that I was managing, but he was always able to say, he would joke around and he'd say, Dur Hodge, what do you need? <laughs> and I believe, you know, every time I kind of got close to his office in a joking way, um, you know, because he, it could, sometimes it may, may have been that I just wanted to touch base because I'd been traveling so much or I had a real problem with a customer, but it was always the same. So he figured out that we had that kind of synergy weight where he could joke with me and I'd be like, oh, I really need something this time. And then he'd say, well, you know, my doors are always open. So there was a little, I, I didn't, there could be something catastrophic that was going on with an account that I was dealing with to something really, really small, but I felt like I could engage in any way. Um, so obviously he, he figured out those things and I'm talking, you know, 20, 25 years ago now, he, and he, um, you know, he engaged me in such a way that I always wanted, I loved my, what I did, but I always wanted to make sure that he knew how much I valued his direction as well. Yeah, you're telling me this now, 25 years later is a testimony how powerful that leadership is, right? You've never forgotten. And I, you know, and I worked with a chief operating officer, you know, for many years who, you know, is very memorable. He got to know everybody. You know, it didn't matter what level you were, he knew everybody. But here's here, here was kind of his secret. He let them know him first. He was vulnerable. He was open. He talked about what was going on in his life. You know, and, and here you have, you know, number two guy in a company basically. You know, talking to the lowest level data entry clerk, you know, about his life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he walked around every morning. He didn't go straight to his office. I had other executives that, you know, went up the back staircase <laughs> in their office. He walked right through, stopped and talked to everybody in a cubicle, you know, and, uh, and, and I still, I mean, he's, I have a book out there and he, he's, you know, I've used is, he, is he in your book? And likewise with my, uh, with yep. my, um, you know, director as well, he's in mind because I, I cite him as being 
um, you know, teaching me. So, and I was quite young as well as an executive, um, how impressionable he was on me and how it allowed me to lead that much more effectively with the different environments that I've been in since. Yeah. And he's in the book, he's in the book several times. And here, here's the great thing. I, not long after I released the book, I had a former manager level employee of mine. I worked in my organization and sent me a picture, a screenshot of the story from the book with a circle around it and said, uh, this is who it is. And she knew, even though I didn't use his name. Right. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Because, you know, I say likewise, and, and you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure you see it too. Bad leaders get as much airplay as good leaders, right? But th what they often do is, you know, they are kind of, they can infect an environment so quickly and the impact can be so far and wide versus like um, really good leaders, you know, they're remembered for years and years and years. Like I'm talking about my colleague, um, you know, his name is Richard Siegel, 25 years ago and, and your, you know, CEO, which is like in the seven, second, especially, you know, somebody in finance as well. You're like, they shouldn't be a connector, right? Should they? But obviously <laughs> this, this particular man had the, those qualities as well. Yeah. When you work with your leaders, you say you work with the top 20 tier of any organization. Um, and is there certain things that you work with each individual one to kind of figure out how their teams are doing? Are there sort of core fundamental skills that you're teaching or do you individually decide what leader, what each individual leader within that 20 needs and do you create a like an individualized plan per leader or is it kind of a broad brush way? No, it's a very individualized. And, you know, I can't teach compassion empathy if I don't start with getting the empathy with my client, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding what it is they're exactly going through. So I don't have this off the shelf program. What I have is a toolkit. I don't even know how many there are. You know, I'm constantly adding to it as I come up with different situations. But, you know, over 100 different tools that you know, I'm going to apply to whatever situation is. And, oh, by the way, I might tweak it because maybe, you know, I created a tool four years ago before everybody was on Zoom. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, and, and so I'm constantly changing with the environment, but it really starts with learning who you're working with. Of course. So again, you're starting with basic connection, which is what, you know, all of us have to do as coaches to get to know someone versus getting into work right because if, if there's no connection you're not getting the, you know the who what when and why kind of that keeps you alive and keeps you motivated then you get to know that about the leader and then you drill down from there so tell us how from your work what kind of returns the name of my book is ror return on relationships so tell us talk about the the money part of things, right? We always talk about the ROI. So when you really work with heart-based leadership and you, you know, drill down, like you said, you work to the top 20, um, what kind of returns are some of these companies experiencing quarter by quarter um, when you're leading, when you're, is it quarter by quarter? Does it take a couple of quarters for them to actualize it? You know, how, how long before they actually start to um, experience some of the actual fiscal gains? You know, it varies and it depends on what level and really what discipline you're in, right? So there's certain functional areas in any company that that drive value in a company, right? 
um, most companies sales, right? And there might be some other, you know, functional areas that tie into that. But for instance, sales, and you can see a return within a quarter easily, you know, just by a couple of tweaks and pretty significant. I generally won't take on, you know, my minimum is I want to get 10x ROI. Okay. And I'm not going to take on a project that's not going to get that. But oftentimes it goes, it goes a lot higher. You know, if I'm working with, you know, a top executive, I mean, the return on, you know, a $10,000 or $20,000 investment is going to be in the millions. And, you know, especially for a big company. And so really substantial returns. And, and you know, a lot of times people don't think about that when it comes to the relationship stuff and the, the employee driven stuff. It's, it's not as tangible as maybe buying a new machine. Mm-hmm. the manufacturing world or buying a piece of land in real estate, you know, whatever it might be, but it's real. You know, if you can make a vice president of sales, you know, 10% more effective, and they're responsible for a hundred million dollar portfolio. Yeah. You, know, you just got yourself $10 million there. Right. Right. Investment. You know, so it's, you know, it's really, you know, phenomenal the impact that this kind of things can have. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, like when I was in the employee assistance uh, world, which is basically psychological wellness, um, when the more people are engaged, right, you know, and managers or leaders are able to intervene in a way to understand that, let's say someone's not achieving and they're having learning to have the proper conversations because they know their employees, they're getting, you know, they're doing the things that you're talking about. And let's say it's something that's a little bit bigger than, than the leader can deal with, then they get them the appropriate support elsewhere. Most of those people that were identified early uh, were able to take the steps by getting, say, uh, EAP support and state of work. And they would, they would fill out uh, feedback forms that would say, had they not gotten the help uh, that they needed. So maybe it was an issue with a relationship or maybe it's, you know, uh, parent-child conflict, generally a lot not related to the workplace. Most people would say they would have missed more than five to seven days on average sometimes um, because they got the right intervention. They were able to deal with what they needed in a confidential way and then come back to performance. So the things that you're talking about is very, very, it's very important. We all know that because then things like uh, if people are happier, they're, they're not, you're not seeing as much incidental absences. You're not seeing as much short-term mm-hmm. disability. I mean, long-term, we know how you know, horribly expensive that is. You're not seeing arbitration as much arbitrations or conflict in the workplace or conflict between management and union, depending on the environment. So, um, you know, so, but the core thing that I'm wondering, when, you, when a new client comes to you, a new company, um, are you able to kind of gauge, do you do an organizational macro assessment of kind of some of the core um, things around compassion and empathy before you start to deal with them? Or are you actually doing it by more of a verbal assessment with some of the key players? It's generally the latter. You know, it's, uh, it is you know, getting to know who it, is, who it is I'm going to be working with and then trying to understand the business. Usually I'm talking to, you know, kind of people next step up Okay. or if it's a CEO, then I get, you know, I get a much broader feel for it. Right. right. But the reality is, is until I really engage, you know, with the organization in a deep way, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm asking the CEO questions, chances are he or she doesn't know. 
you know, because they're oftentimes they're too far removed. So it's really, um, that's usually part of the first phase of my coaching process is discovery. And, and that's really where that fits, you know, is, is discovery, figuring out kind of what is the state. Um, surprisingly, there's not as much variability as I might expect. You know, yeah, we often think that, you know, different sector, you know, different types of business, right. you know, those types of things, but there are definite uh, threat trends that you would see after a while. Yeah, there's so, outlier of either direction, but yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. there's always that, right? So let's say you're a, a, a senior leader up to a CEO listening to this now, and you're saying, um, I think I'm pretty empathetic or compassionate. What kind of things, and they're not sure, they think, well, you know, I'm, I think I'd do okay. <laughs> if I would do the litmus test, I would probably be kind of maybe somewhere in the middle. How would they, how, what would be some ways that they can start to reflect about their level of compassion and empathy to kind of decide if they need coaching like uh, what yourself or I do? What, what kind of things would you suggest? You know, so there's, there's two different... Uh... So I, I lump compassion and empathy together, but they're two different things. So I start starting with the empathy, you know, ask yourself, how much do I really know about what's going on in my employee's life? And then I might take it the next step. What about their employees? And you start there. You know, I, I remember one of my first experiences as an HR person, I was in a manufacturing environment, new plant manager came in and you know, it was interesting, he hid in his office for a week. I'm still not quite sure what all that was about. Basically, the only one I had access was me and the finance person. And, um, but then after that was up, every leader in the organization had to come in and introduce, bring their whole teams in, introduce them to him. But not, this is Mary who works in this. No, he wanted to know personal stuff. How many kids? What's their marital status? You know, what are their hobbies? Those kind of things. You know how much empathy was gained really fast <laughs> as, these, as these leaders like rushed around, but, but, you know, asking yourself, could you answer that question? If you were in that situation, if you had worked for, and his name was Ron Page, if you had worked for Ron, would you have been able to stand in there and do that introduction? You know what? Now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about my team. Like, do I know, like, you know, what, you know, and I, I do, but I'm just thinking, but I have a small team. But again, sometimes these companies can be so huge to your point. Not just do I know the, the leader, but do the people that lead under them. Yeah. You know, so that's that's two levels of tiers of understanding um, that you really have to really, really funnel down and do, you know, that due diligence or homework to really start to ask those questions. That's a fan. I love that. That uh, and I would take it a step further, a step further, or maybe a step in a different direction too. So I'd also ask myself, you know, do I know what gets in their way at the workplace? Because a lot of times you don't, you know, a lot of times you think you do, but do you, do you know that the coffee machine goes out every six hours, you know, or do you know that your chief accounting officer won't approve anything until he reads a 75 page document? <laughs> you know, do you know that before you make any capital investment, there's a 350 page document everybody has to fill out, but only 30 pages are being read. Do you know those things? You know, I mean, that's another test to have is, you know, do you know personal stuff and the work stuff? So that's empathy. So now with compassion, then let's, you know, now that we've parsed those out, how would you ask them to gain or garner their sense of compassion or level of compassion? 
So go through your interactions for the day. Were there opportunities that you could have been more compassionate? Or were there more, or were there opportunities where you really nailed it? You were really compassionate because you got to do both because you have to, you have to have self-compassion as well. You can't beat yourself up, but do that on a daily basis. What were these interactions and were there opportunities where I could have been better? Right. That really leads to a level of introspection that, you know, is really going to give yourself a, a good picture of where you really are because we don't like to do that introspection. And I, in my book, I talk a lot about awareness, right? Like, you know, reflection and um, because there's so much, like you're right, you know, if, if most of our behavior is unconscious and of course leaders are very busy and they're running the business and they have all the business units, but then um, if you're not, and you, you, you spoke to that really quickly, it's like, how are you caring or how are you being compassionate of yourself? You, none of us are perfect. And um, what are you learning from those interactions? So some of them you're like, oh, I hit it out of the park. And the other ones you're like, oh, I was rushed or I was stressed or I was short, you know, with Wade when I saw him there, but it was because I had three things going in my mind. So those are the learning uh, pieces that I know um, that I, I work through with leaders so that they can be start to say, oh, I do this when I'm like this. I'm better when I'm like this. So it's taking that time and then just learning, like you said, on, from that reflective lens on a daily basis. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And, and not to beat yourself up. Absolutely. Make sure you're focused on learnings. So Wade, this has been a, an amazing conversation. I think you and I probably could talk for a lot uh, longer. And um, so I know you uh, have a program that uh, you're um, launching or have launched. I want you to um, share with the listeners where they can uh, get a hold of you if they want to do discovery or um, to, to know a little bit more about your program. Okay. So you know, first of all, in order to get a hold of me, um, you can go to my website, which is www.aimtwinllc.com. And, um, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, which is Wade Thomas Business Impact Coach. Those are the best ways. But my programs, you know, I've always done kind of high-end coaching programs where, you know, we, we meet for an hour or so every couple of weeks and we go for at least a year. Usually we keep going. And, and those are great. But one of the things that um, I realized is that not everybody can take advantage of them, whether it be from a cost standpoint or a time standpoint. So I've recently launched what I call laser-focused coaching. And basically for a price point, it's under $1,000. You know, it's unlimited 15-minute coaching sessions with me for a year. And the idea here is in 15 minutes, what I can do is I can really kind of set you up and put you in a place where you're heading in the right direction. But then I give you homework and you take and you do the rest on your own. And then, you know, you can schedule another, after you've done the rest on your own, you can schedule some more time with me. And so, so this puts, you know, this puts a lot more learning burden on, on you but you still have access to me and all the experiences and things that I've gone through. So really excited about this because it allows more people to get involved. It allows companies, companies may have an entire team. You know, if you want to put 30 or 40 leaders through something, you know, at a full rate, that's a lot of money. And, and so this, this kind of provides that ability to, to really spread the knowledge down you know, deeper into your organization. So I call it laser focus program. That is not on my website. Um, I'm publicizing it more to um, through referrals and through you know podcast episodes like this one. I'm making it available um, to that group, and and so 
the way to do that is just reach out to me on LinkedIn and we can kind of talk to it. Awesome. It sounds quite, uh, quite interesting. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of business with that. So for everyone, thanks so much. Um, connection is key. Understand the people around you and uh, it impacts, uh, you know, compassion and empathy impacts everything else. So for all our listeners, if you haven't signed up for the podcast, please go on and sign up so you can know about all these amazing guests that I have. So go to roxanderhodge.com and sign up for the podcast. And again, Wade, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhaj.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.